And good afternoon. You're listening to Ken Hudnall. This is the Ken Hudnall Show. Coming to you from our studios right here in exciting El Paso, Texas. Gateway to the Old West and the most haunted city in the country. Well, today's August the 10th, 222nd day of the year. 143 days remain till the year's over with. Let's see. It's National Lazy Day. For once, everybody's joining Congress, just sitting around. National Spoil Your Dog Day. Abai Day. Ascent of St. Dominic Day. Duran Duran Appreciation Day. I do not comply with that one. Ecuador Independence Day. Herbert Hoover Day. International Biodiesel Day. National Connecticut Day. National Dean Day, National Mary Day, National S'mores Day, National Shapewear Day, Run Out and Get Your Girdle Day, National Ski Citrus Soda Day, Update Your Bio Day, Vlogging Day, and World Lion Day. And that day always starts off with a roar, and let me tell you. Alrighty. In 654 A.D., Pope Eugene I is elected to succeed Martinus I. 955, the Battle of Letchfeld Day. Um, the Battle of Letchfeld. Otto I, Holy Roman Emperor, defeats the Magyars, ending 50 years of Magyar invasion of the West. 991 A.D., Battle of Maldon. The English, led by Brithroth, Roderman of Essex, are defeated by a band of Inland raiding Vikings near Malden in Essex. 1030, the Battle of Azaz. Ends with the humiliating retreat of the Byzantine Emperor, Romanos III Argros, against the Verdrasid rulers of Aleppo. The retreat generates into a rout in which Romanos himself barely escapes capture. 1270, Yukuno Amlak takes the imperial throne of Ethiopia, restoring the Solomonic dynasty to power after a hundred-year Zagwe in Terragum. 1316, the Second Battle of Athenry takes place near Athenry during the Bruce Campaign in Ireland. 1346, Jaime Ferrar sets out from Mallorca for the River of Gold, another name for the Senegal River. 1512, the Naval Battle of St. Matthew, during the War of the League of Cambrai, sees the simultaneous destruction of the Breton ship La Corgere and the English ship the Regent. 1519, Ferdinand Magellan's five ships set sail from Seville to circumnavigate the globe. De Bosque, second in command, uh, Juan Sebastian Elcano, will complete the expedition after Magellan's death in the Philippines. 1557, Battle of St. Quentin. Spanish victory over the French in the Italian War of 1551 to 1559. 1585, the Treaty of Nonsuch, signed by Elizabeth I of England and the Dutch rebels. 1626, Swedish warship Vasa sinks on her maiden voyage off Stockholm. 1641, the Treaty of London between England and Scotland ends the Bishop Wars, and it's signed on this date. 1680, the Pueblo Revolt begins in New Mexico. They almost chased the Spanish out. 1741, King Matranda Varna of Travancore defeats the Dutch East India Company at the Battle of Colichel, effectively bringing about the end of the Dutch colonial rule in India. 1755, under the direction of Charles Lawrence, the British began to forcibly deport the Acadians from Nova Scotia to the 13 colonies in France. Many of them went to Louisiana. 1792, French Revolution. Storm of the Tuileries Palace. Louis XVI of France is arrested and taken into custody as his Swiss guards are massacred by the Persian mob. 1808, the Finnish War. Swedish forces led by General von Dumbland defeat Russian forces led by General Sepolev in the Battle of uh, 
Kauhoyoki. 1856, the last island hurricane strikes Louisiana, resulting in over 200 deaths. 1861, American Civil War, Battle of Wilson's Creek. Mixed force of Confederate and Missouri State Guard and Arkansas State Troops defeat uh, outnumbered uh, attacking Union forces in the southwestern part of the state. 1864, after Uruguay's governing Blanco party refuses Brazil's demands, Jose Antonio Saravia announces the Brazilian military will begin reprisals, which began the Uga uh, Uruguayan War. 1901, U.S. Steel Recognition Strike, but the Amalgamated Association of Iron and Steel Workers begins. 1904, Russo-Japanese War. Battle of the Yellow Sea between the Russian and Japanese battleship fleets takes place on this date. 1905, Russo-Japanese War. Peace negotiations begin in Portsmouth, New Hampshire. 1913, Second Balkan War. Delegates from Bulgaria, Romania, Serbia, Montenegro, and Greece signed the Treaty of Bucharest, which ends the war. 1920, World War I. Ottoman Sultan Mehmed VI representative signed the Treaty of Sevres that divides up the Ottoman Empire between the Allies. 1937, Spanish Civil War. The Regional Defense Council of Aragon is dissolved by the Second Spanish Republic. 1944, World War II, the Battle of Guam comes to an effective end on this date. Also in 44, World War II, the Battle of Narva ends with a, decisive, a defensive German victory. 1948, Candid Camera makes its television debut after being on radio for a year as Candid Microphone. 1949, an amendment to the National Security Act of 1947 enhances the authority of the U.S. Secretary of Defense over the Army, Navy, and Air Force and Replaces the National Military Establishment with the Department of Defense. 1953, First Indochina War. French Union withdraws its forces from Operation Camargue against the Viet Minh in central Vietnam. 1954, Messina, New York. The groundbreaking ceremony for the St. Lawrence Seaway is held. 1966. I'm sorry. 1961. Vietnam War, can't read my handwriting. U.S. Army begins Operation Ranch Hand, spending an estimated 20 million U.S. gallons of defoliants and herbicides over rural areas of South Vietnam in an attempt to deprive the Viet Cong of food and vegetation cover. 1966, the Heron Road Bridge collapses while being built. Kills nine workers in the deadliest construction accident in both Ottawa and Ontario. 1969, a day after murdering Sharon Tate and four others, members of Charles Manson's cult, Carol uh, Leno and Rosemary LaBianca. 1971, a Society for American Baseball Research is founded in Cooperstown, New York. 1977, in Yonkers, New York, 24-year-old postal employee David Berkowitz, the son of Sam, is arrested for a series of killings in the New York City area over the period of one year. 1978, three members of the Ulrich family are killed in an accident. This leads to the Ford Pinto litigation. It used to be if you slammed into the back of a Pinto, it would blow up. 1981, murder of Adam Walsh. The head of John Walsh's son is found on this date. It requires the creation of the television series. Uh, this inspires the creation of the television series America's Most Wanted, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children. 1988, Japanese-American internment. President Ronald Reagan signs the Civil Liberties Act of 1988, provides $20,000 payments to Japanese Americans who are either interned in or relocated by the U.S. during World War II. 1990, the Magellan Space Probe reaches Venus. 1993, the two earthquakes affect uh, New Zealand, a 7.0 shock intensity 6 which is considered strong, and the South Island was followed nine hours later by a 6.4 uh, with an intensity 7, which is very strong in the North Island. 1995, Oklahoma City bombing. Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols are indicted for the bombing. Uh, Michael Fortier pleads guilty in a plea bargain for his testimony. 1997, 16 people are killed in Formosa Airlines Flight 7601 crashes near... Uh, 
um, Beijing Airport in the Matsu Islands of Taiwan. 1998, His Royal Highness Prince Al Mutadi Belaz proclaimed the Crown Prince of Brunei with a royal proclamation. 1999, Los Angeles Jewish Community Center shooting took place. And for those that are not familiar with that particular shooting, a uh, American white supremacist named Buford Furrow Jr. walked into the lobby of the North Valley Jewish Community Center in Granada Hills and opened fire with an Uzi submachine gun, fired 70 bullets into the complex. Uh, five people were wounded, three children, a teenage counselor, and an office worker. And shortly after that, he murdered a mail carrier, fled the state, and surrendered to authorities later on. He was uh, Buford O'Neill. Furrow Jr. Grew up in Lacey, Washington, graduated from Western, uh, Western Washington University in 86 with a degree in engineering. Uh, he reportedly spent some time living with Debbie Matthews, the widow of Robert J. Matthews, a deceased neo Nazi terrorist who founded the group called The Order. He had met him in the Aryan Nations headquarters in Idaho. All kinds of nuts running around. 2001, the 2001 Angola train attack occurs on this date, causing 252 deaths. Also in 2001, the Space Shuttle program. Space Shuttle Discovery is launched on STS-105, the International Space Station. Carries the astronauts of Expedition 3 to replace the crew of Expedition 2. 2003, the Okinawa Urban Monorail is opened in Naha, uh, Okinawa. 2009, 20 people are killed in Handiova, a Trenchon region in the deadliest mining disaster in Slovakia's history. 2012, the Americana massacre begins near Rustenburg, South Africa. Results in the death of 47 people. 2014, 40 people were killed when Safahan Airlines Flight 5915 crashes at Tarans uh, Mehrabad International Airport. 2018, Horizon Air employee Richard Russell hijacks and performs an unauthorized takeoff on a Horizon Air Bombardier Dash 8Q400 plane at uh, Seattle Tacoma International Airport in Washington. Flies it for more than an hour before it crashes the plane and kills himself on Ketron Island in Puget Sound. Also in 2018, an anti government rally turns into Iowa. Members of the Romanian gendar- uh, gendarme. Attacked 100,000 people protesting in front of the Victoria Palace. It leads to 452 recorded injuries. The authorities alleged the cloud was infiltrated by hooligans who began attacking law enforcement agents. When in actuality, I think the law enforcement agents just kind of went a little bit um, off the bend. 2019, 32 were killed. A million are evacuated as Typhoon uh, Lukema makes landfall in Zhejiang, China. Early it uh, caused flooding in the Philippines. And in 2020, Derecho in Iowa becomes the most costly thunderstorm disaster in U.S. history. Alrighty. There have been a lot of uh, things going on uh, recently. The um, fascinating thing is that, for example, in my own case, um, I was supposed to have uh, representation for a hearing this morning. A federal agency promised. And if I had a dollar for every promise they made me and broke, I'd be wealthy. Now, a year or so ago, I wrote a book called Unfinished Business. It's about unsolved murders. And it was well received. And I went into detail on a lot of unsolved murders, and I always promise to come out with another one. I haven't done it yet. But when you look at some of the unsolved mysteries, it does give you pause to consider. For example, one of the most famous is John Bonet Ramsey. She was uh, murdered. Um, well over 20 years ago in her own home. And the brilliant investigators 
decided. Well, clearly her parents did it. Evidence be damned. The, uh, it's considered the most sensational murder mystery of the last quarter century. And even today, it generates new clues, twists, and questions. Probably never know who did it. I mean, we pretty much know who didn't do it. They destroyed the Ramsey family in their ham-handed investigation. The, uh, took place in Boulder, Colorado. And the, the archive of the case rests on white shelves in a Spartan office in Boulder, police headquarters. But it's, uh, considered one of the most sensational cold cases of law enforcement annals. She was six years old, a uh, child beauty queen. She's found bludgeoned and garroted to death in her family's basement the day after Christmas in 1996. And as of 2016, according to People magazine, there had been more than 140 suspects investigated, including Jean Bonnet's parents, John Ramsey, who owned a computer services company, and his second wife, Patsy, a former BD Queen contestant herself. She uh, died of uh, cancer, I think. Now, the Boulder Police Major Crimes Unit reviewed more than 1,400 pieces of evidence, generated more than 50,000 investigation documents, and interviewed more than 1,000 people in 18 states and two countries, and investigated 21,000 tips. Today, the Boulder Police confirmed that the killing remains under investigation, and the case file continues to grow, but it's still unsolved. Now, the killing of John Bonet had long been a very source of fascination. Who done it made all the more compelling by the children's beauty pageant um, world in which the Ramses moved, and by the victim herself, described as a sweet-natured, radiant little girl whose blue incontinence is seen uh, for more than a quarter century's distance in all the, the video and photographs taken in the various beauty pageants. And the thought of her tiny body lying battered and broken in what should have been the safety of her own home is, is really hard to fathom. I mean, what were her last moments like? Was it somebody she knew that killed her? Was it um, a phantom, a stranger? That savagely violated this little girl. According to Dionne Waugh, a uh, spokeswoman for the Boulder Police Department, this is a very active and ongoing investigation. It's got uh, two officers assigned to the case permanently. On the 25th anniversary of the, of the crime, People Magazine examined the evidence, suspects, and the questions that still revolve around to this day. Now, it all began at 5.52 a.m. the morning of December 26, 1996. A 911 call came in, uh, and a dispatcher heard a panicked Patsy Ramsey say, We have a kidnapping. Hurry, please. There's a note left, and our daughter's gone. She's six years old. She's blind. She's six years old. Well, the police arrived within three minutes. You call somebody here, and maybe sometime today they'll show up. Um, and did a cursory search of the Ramsey's 6,800-square-foot Tudor-style brick home in the University Hill neighborhood. Now, assuming John Bonet had been abducted from her bedroom upstairs, they cordoned off that area of the house to protect the crime scene, but didn't do so anywhere else in the house. That's an oversight that would uh, continue to haunt the investigation. And soon the place were the place was buzzing with family and friends and police who called in a team of victim advocates who brought bagels and coffee and then cleaned up the kitchen, which may well have wiped away evidence. One PM Boulder Detective Linda Arndt asked uh, John Ramsey and a friend by the name of Fleet White to search the basement 
That's the only area the police had themselves had not uh, searched. It was in the basement, uh, in a little used room where the Ramsey's children's Christmas presents had been stored. John found his daughter's body. She'd been beaten and strangled, her mouth covered with duct tape and a length of nylon cord twisted around her neck. Autopsy determined she had died by homicide from a skull fracture and asphyxiation. Range of possible suspects included uh, John Monet's parents and brother Burke. Um, someone else known to the family or mysterious intruder. Patsy Ramsey in particular was a subject of considerable speculation. She was the former Miss West Virginia who uh, died of ovarian cancer at age 49 in 2006. Very socially prominent and known for her lavish Christmas parties. And she was, by all accounts, a perfectionist. She'd been taking medication for depression and anxiety in the weeks leading up to John Bonet's uh, death. Her daughter struggled with bedwetting and some surmised that one too many such incidents may have pushed Patsy over the edge to the point where she exploded in rage and killed her daughter. Boulder homicide detective uh, Steve Thomas suggested that uh, Patsy may have uh, pushed John Bonet against the side of a bathtub, resulting in a fatal head wound, and then strangled her unconscious daughter to mask the accident. Then he went on to say the rest of the crime scene we think was staged. That came from former police, uh, Boulder Police Chief Mark Benedict, said it in a 2015 Reddit interview. I mean, all these investigators, they made them more than ready to do an interview. He said uh, it was staged to make it look like a kidnapping gone bad. But to the end of her life, Patsy fiercely maintained she was innocent. Whether it was an accident, intentional, premeditated, that's what she said in a 48 Hours Investigates uh, in 20, 2002. It was not one of the th her three family members that were also in the house. Nevertheless, there was circumstantial evidence that muddied her story. For one thing, the, the makeshift garage around John Bonet's neck had been fashioned from the handle of one of Patsy's paintbrushes. Then there was the ransom note written on paper from a pad that the Ramses had in the house and written with one of their own black Sharpie pens. It demanded the couple draw $118,000 in their bank account and put the money in the brown paper bag for delivery. Now, this this uh, ransom note was almost uh, universally regarded as bizarrely over the top. It contained phrases borrowed from some of the movies, such as Ransom and Speed. When police dusted that ransom note they found fingerprints belonging to the investigators as well as that of Patsy Ramsey and then of course we have the ivory tower scientists who got involved Dr. Michael Baden a forensic pathologist who consulted on the case told People Magazine in 2016 I don't think it was written by an outside stranger more so than the writing itself is how it was done the pen, the paper, the length of time it took to do it without being discovered and then there was the extremely unusual ransom request for $118,000. Only few people knew John Ramsey had just gotten a $118,000 bonus. Well, that does call into question a lot of things, but at the same time, if they came in to kidnap her, they wouldn't have sent a ransom note until after the kidnapping was successful. When they accidentally killed her, they had to improvise. Now, John fell under suspicion as well, chiefly for covering up the supposed crime. Detective Arndt noted how he had disturbed the crime scene by carrying John Bonet's body upstairs and removed the duct tape that covered her mouth. Of course, like Patsy, John vehemently denied all accusations. He said a person can't go throughout their lives as a normal human being and one night turn into a... Uh, Monster, slaughter their daughter, go to bed, and get it like normal from there on. He said that in an interview on ABC's 2020 in 2000. And then John Bonet's big brother, Burke, who was nine when the murder occurred, and according to his parents, asleep on the second floor, police and a child psychologist questioned the boy, whom his parents shielded from public uh, publicity, but he didn't discuss the case until 2016. 
Well, there's an interesting timeline. The uh, December 26, 1996. See, part of the problem is, and I've seen it innumerable times, the police decide who they think did it and then skew the evidence to prove they're right. December 29th, Ramses leave Boulder for Atlanta for her job at funeral. She's buried in Marietta on uh, December 31st, next to her older half-sister Elizabeth. She died in an auto accident in 1992. January 1st, 1997, the Ramses appear on CNN. <clears throat> and it says they didn't harm their daughter. February 1997, police ask a man who plays Santa Claus at the Ramses uh, holiday party for a blood sample. Of course, no charges are brought. April 19, 1997, Boulder DA Alex Hunter officially identifies John Monet's parents as suspects. They have their first formal interview with the police later that month. They questioned Patsy for six and a half hours. And in June to October 1998, police questioned Burke Ramsey. That was her nine-year-old brother. Three months later, the DA convenes a grand jury to hear the case, but eventually declines to file charges against the nine-year-old. They didn't look outside the house with the same intensity they looked inside the house. January 1999, the Boulder DA's office office, uh, appeals to the public for information about the Santa Teddy Bear toy found on a bed in John Monet's room. May of 2000, Laura Ramsey's announced they've passed lie detector tests given by a private agency, not by the FBI's, requested by the Boulder Police. December 2003, DNA sample from John Bonet's underwear submitted to the FBI, CODIS database, no matches found. June 24, 2006, Patsy Ramsey dies after a 13-year battle with ovarian cancer. On June 16, 2006, John Mark Carr, an American living in Thailand, says he was present at the murder. So he was arrested and flown to the U.S., but DNA testing showed he wasn't a killer, and he was released. I think he just wanted a free trip back to the States. In July 9, 2008, Boulder then D.A. Mary Lacey formally clears the Ramses of suspicion based on DNA evidence. October 25, 2013, D.A. releases records of the 1998 grand jury revealing that a majority of the grand jurors had voted to indict John and Patsy on charges of child abuse, claiming that child abuse uh, resulted in John Bonet's death. But keep in mind, when it comes to a grand jury, you could get a you could get a ham sandwich indicted. September 2016, Burke Ramsey, 29 at the time, breaks his silence on Dr. Phil, defending his family. He said, "It blows my mind. What more evidence do you need? They didn't do it." January 2021, in an interview with USA Today about a new documentary, John Ramsey blasted the police. He said the police drew a conclusion immediately and and tried to find the evidence to prove their conclusion. And that's what they routinely do. Well, John Ramsey's 79 now, relocated to Utah, met Meredith's third wife. Jan Rousseau and settled in Clairvaux, Michigan, where he and Patsy had had a summer home. The uh, owner of a promotional marketing company, Ramsey, briefly, briefly dabbled in Republican politics, making an unsuccessful primary bid for a Michigan House seat in 2004. 
2012, he wrote a book called The Other Side of Suffering, a memoir about Rose and John Bonet, Patsy and daughter Beth, daughter from his first marriage. Ramsey told people in 2012 he'd considered suicide after Jabonet's death. He said, I wanted to escape the pain. Patsy said, don't you dare leave me alone with this mess. According to Ramsey, time and faith helped him pull through the grief. Everybody's got a burden. I wanted to tell people it doesn't last forever. There's light at the end of the tunnel, and sometimes that is the case. Well, even though the brother, Bert, was never officially named as a suspect. That didn't stop online sleuths from speculating and debating his guilt. One controversial theory advanced by a panel of investigators in the 2016 uh, CBS docuseries, The Case of John Bonet Ramsey, is that John Bonet's brother hit her in the head with a flashlight and accidentally killed her after she took some of a pineapple snack that had been prepared for him. John and Patsy, they said, then arranged the... Uh, the ransom note and kidnapping scenario to cover up um, the fact that the brother had uh, killed her. Burke, who denies any role in the killing, subsequently sued CBS, the investigators, and the production company involved in the docuseries for defamation over the false accusations that killed his sister. He demanded $750 million in damages. His suit was settled out of court for an undisclosed amount in 2019. That's according to Boulder's Daily Camera. July 2008, the Ramseys were declared officially, at least, not guilty, based on improved technology. Then Boulder District Attorney Mary Lacey said tests of the leggings uh, John Bonet had worn over her underwear revealed that uh, an unknown male profile, previously identified uh, from the crotch area of her underwear, Match DNA that they'd been recovered from her long johns. In a letter, Lacey apologized uh, to the Ramses, but uh, the couple continued to inhabit the same cultural limbo as Lizzie Borden and O.J. Simpson. Formally exonerated, but not in the court of public opinion. And many who worked on the case disagreed with Lacey's decision. As Baden told people, the trace amounts of DNA can wind up on clothing from all sorts of perfectly innocent sources, including the folks who packed them in China. Adding to the ambiguity of 2013 authorities, in 2013, authorities revealed that a grand jury in 1999 had found sufficient evidence to indict Johnny Patsy Ramsey on two counts each of child abuse, resulting in death and then accessory to a crime. But then Boulder DA, Alex Hunter, refused to sign the indictment, fearing he didn't have enough proof to win a conviction. You know, it's kind of like the Smith special counsel who's so hot to try to get Donald Trump. You want to get the indictment because they get your name out there. But if you screw up and lose, you're toast. Well, outside the family, several other people have been uh, floated as possible suspects. There was a flurry of interest in Bill McReynolds, a local known for playing Santa Claus at children's parties who had entertained at the Ramsey house just two days before John Bonet died. There's plenty of circumstantial information to make you think. Um, John Ramsey made that remark to people in uh, 2012. Mr. Uh, McReynolds, who died in 2002, apparently had bonded with the little pageant queen who had given him the gift of some gold glitter, which McReynolds treasured. After Javanet's death, he told the Denver Post, When I die, I'm going to be cremated, and I've asked my wife to mix the stardust Javanet gave me with my ashes. In an unsettling coincidence, uh, McReynolds' own daughter had been abducted in 1974. And then his wife wrote a play about a child who was molested and murdered in her own basement. Still, police didn't consider McReynolds a serious uh, suspect, and ultimately DNA evidence cleared him. Other suspects whose name have emerged in the, the Marathon investigation include uh, Michael Helgoth, a salvage yard worker who allegedly wore high-tech boots, similar to the print at the, found in the Ramsey basement. 
He committed suicide at age 26 in 1997. And drifter Gary Oliva, a convicted pedophile who, uh, just after John Bonet's murder, told a friend he had just killed a little girl. Both were cleared by investigators who couldn't connect him to the crime scene. But from all reports I've heard, they couldn't have found every rear end with both hands and a flashlight. And another twist bordering on Bazaar, in 2006, an American former school teacher uh, living in Thailand, John Mark Carr, briefly became a suspect after he announced at a press conference in Bangkok he was present at the killing, which he said was accidental. He said, I was with John Bonet when she died. Investigators were reportedly convinced that Carr, who was flown to the U.S. and arrested at information only an eyewitness could know, but DNA cleared him as well. Maybe the most ardent advocate of the intruder theory is investigator Lou Smith, a longtime homicide detective from Colorado Springs, called out of retirement by the Boulder DA three months after the um, the event. They got a brace on one hand, so turning pages is different. He was asked to lend his expertise. He cited several pieces of evidence pointing to the presence of an uninvited pre uh, stranger. Broken basement window, an unidentified boot print in the room where John Bonet's body was found. Traced DNA on John Bonet's underwear and underneath the fingernails that couldn't be linked with the Ramsey family. Of course, other prominent forensic experts rejected the intruder scenario. You can get every tire scientist to say anything and weave enough money in front of them. According to Stephen E. Pitt, forensic psychiatrist hired by the Boulder authorities, um, doesn't make s sense on the basis of the physical evidence. He said that to people in 2016. He said, among other things, authorities argued an undisturbed spider web around the basement window suggests that nobody forced their way into the Ramsey home. But Lou Smith, who died in 2010, was widely considered to be one of the most dedicated investigators to work on the case, never wavered in his belief that an intruder came in and killed John Bonet. And toward the end of his days, he carried the little girl's photo in his wallet. And he lived on after a fashion when previously unreleased audio tapes of the late detective were featured in the 2021 Discovery documentary, John Bonet Ramsey, What Really Happened. In that documentary, they argued that police falsely implicated John Bonet's family and failed to run down the real killer. For their part, according to spokeswoman uh, Dionne Wall, the Boulder police continued to field, uh, field tips and chase down leads. And they're still asking anybody with information about John Bonet Ramsey's homicide to contact them. If you might know something, you can call 303 441 1974. That's the uh, Boulder Police Department um, tip line. Somebody knows who killed the little girl. Well, another killing that made major headlines was uh, the death of B.I.G., a rapper. He was an East Coast rapper shot in Los Angeles. The uh, the brazen killing of Brooklyn-born rapper, the notorious B.I.G., on a trip to the West Coast spawned more than one intriguing theory about who wanted the superstar dead. But, unfortunately, the case has never been solved. It was February 25, 1997. Los Angeles was sunny that day, and the notorious B.I.G. was in a jovial mood. And... Imminent peril was apparently the furthest thing from his uh, mind. He was uh, six foot two, three hundred ninety-five pound rap superstar. His real name was Christopher Wallace. Even though rumors swirling on the street placed him in the middle of a violent uh, feud dubbed the East Coast West Coast Rap War, that had left his music industry rival Tupac Secure. Uh, who was only 25, dead in a September 1996 drive-by shooting in Las Vegas. And since B.I.G., who was also known as Biggie Smalls, was one of the highest-grossing artists on New York-based producer Sean Puffy Combs' Bad Boy Entertainment label, 
He was on a promotional trip to L.A. That was the home of Marion Shug Knight's Death Row Records, where Tupac had been a star. Others might have felt that the Brooklyn-born performer was on a dangerously unfriendly turf. But holding court in a posh suite in L.A.'s Westwood Hotel after taping an appearance on the 1997 Soul Trade Awards, uh, Biggie did his best to lower the temperature. He said there was never any beef. He said that in an interview with Vibe online when asked about his relationship with Tupac. Never had a problem with uh, the West Coast. When he was pressed about claims he was in danger, he, he joked, I'm, if I'm scared, I'll get a dog. I'll go out every night. It's all love. Unfortunately, it wasn't. Just more than a week later, March 9th, the notorious B.I.G. was only 24, was shot to death shortly after leaving a music industry party at L.A.'s uh, Peterson Automotive Museum. Sitting in the passenger seat of a GMC Suburban listening to uh, his double album, Life After Death, playing on the SUV sound system when uh, shortly past midnight, an assailant riding in a dark sedan pulled up at the intersection of Fairfax and Wilshire and sprayed Biggie's vehicle with a 9mm handgun. The notorious B.I.G. was pronounced dead soon after his arrival at L.A. Cedars-Sinai Medical Center. Well, the shockwave of fear and confusion that spread among hip-hop fans and the rest of the music world in the wake of the superstar's death was intense. And it's been enduring. According to an LAPD official, the way it went down, it was a targeted hit. That was uh, information given to people shortly after the shooting, which had the hallmarks of a West Coast gangland execution. But the question was, who ordered the hit? Nearly 25 years later, there still been no arrest made in connection with the high-profile murder, despite a lengthy investigation by the Los Angeles Police Department and a separate probe undertaken by a task force of veteran LAPD homicide detectives was launched in 2006. Not to mention the cottage industry of authors, documentary filmmakers, plaintiff lawyers, and investigative journalists who put forward intriguing, if unproven, theories about the murder. It also remains one of the longest-running mysteries in the history of the celebrity justice. Ironically, the story of the notorious B.I.G.'s tragic end begins with a budding friendship. He was a product of the streets of Brooklyn, where he was born in 1972 and raised by his stern Jamaican-born single mother, Violetta Wallace. He excelled at school and became interested in music when a neighbor who was a jazz saxophonist taught him the basics. By the time he reached Queen of All Saints Middle School, he had also discovered the quick money that he made dealing drugs during the New York City's uh, 1980 crack epidemic. And as a new voice on the hip-hop scene in the 90s, which, which he said uh, he launched into a, as a way out of drug dealing and to make a better life for his young daughter, Tarana. He infused the rap lyrics of his 1994 album, um, Ready to Die, with humor and drama and an authentic emotion of an underworld figure just trying to survive. Well, Biggie was um, on a trip to California when he met rapper Tupac Shakur on the set of John Singleton's 1993 urban romance drama, Poetic Justice. Son of Black Panther activist uh, Alfini Shakur, Tupac had grown up uh, always on the move. Born in East Harlem in New York City and spent his formative years in Baltimore when he, when he attended the Baltimore School for the Arts, studying um, acting and poetry and jazz. Following a brief stay in Marin City, California, the restless spirit embarked on his path to hip-hop immortality in Oakland where he Scored a gig as a uh, road-in backup performer in 1990 with the funk rap outfit Digital Underground. Three years later, he was a platinum-selling se uh, recording artist and an actor in demand when he first encountered Biggie. It was deeply respectful of Tupac's standing as a outspoken figure in the, in the um, game. 
Although they lived and worked on the opposite coast, the fellow artists developed a strong bond, forming together on stage and hanging out at Shakur's home in Los Angeles. But conflict was quick to arrive. June 30th, 1994, Shakur was shot twice and robbed of $40,000 in jewelry as he entered the Quad Recording Studio in New York for a recording session. The 1995 Vibe interview with author Kevin Powell, the rapper, blamed Biggie, his producer uh, Sean Puffy Combs, and others for orchestrating a potentially fatal assault. Tupac records stumbling into the upstairs area covered in blood. He said, nobody approached me. I noticed that nobody didn't look at me. Puffy was standing back, too, and I knew Puffy. He knew how much stuff I'd done for Biggie before he came out. Tupac said he found it suspicious that Big E, his friend and reputed king of New York, who uh, was also in the studio at Times Square that night, had no information to offer about who was responsible for the shooting. And both Big E and Puffy vehemently denied having anything to do with the Quad Studios incident. And in fact, a lot of observers in hip-hop circles viewed uh, Shakur's theory as a little on the far-fetched side. The assault would not only sever the growing bond between Tupac and Biggie, but set in motion a series of events that may ultimately explain the tragic deaths of two of hip-hop's biggest icons. The notorious B.I.G. 1995 classic, Who Shot Ya? And the single that's often said to have launched the East Coast-West Coast rap war was actually recorded before the assault on Tupac. But its menacing lyrics, nevertheless, gave circumstantial weight to the California rapper's accusation that his, uh, New York rivals are out to get him. Tupac spent much of 1995 behind bars for the first-degree sexual abuse conviction before being released in October on a $1.4 million bond that was put up by Death Row Records' Sug Knight. His label, Tupac, immediately signed on to. Wasted no uh, time in responding to Biggie's mocking 1995 rap with the 1996 diss song, Hit Him Up. Biggie, remember when I said uh, I used to let you sleep on the couch and beg a, a bitch to let you sleep in the house? Now it's all about Basashi. You copied my style. Five shots couldn't drop me. I took it and smiled. Well, mid the beef, Tupac Secure was riding high. His fourth studio release, the double album, All Eyes on Me, one of the year's chart toppers, eventually selling 10 million copies. And he and Knight flew to Las Vegas to watch Mike Tyson fight, uh, fight Blue, uh, Bruce Seldon September 7, 1996. Hours later, Tupac and Sug were driving down the strip in their BMW 7 Series sedan, and when it was hit several times by gunfire, Shakur was um, seriously wounded and taken to a nearby hospital. Six days later, he was pronounced dead. Of course, no arrests were ever made. Five months after the murder of the notorious B.I.G. in L.A., uh, Nearly mirrored his rival shooting. Greg Cadling, a former lead detective of the LAPD task force, that in 19 and then 2006 started looking into Biggie's death, told People that Biggie was killed in direct retaliation for the murder of Tupac, and he had organized by Suge Knight, who was in the driver's seat next to his multi-platform star on that fateful night in Las Vegas. He held Biggie and Combs responsible for his killing. You know, it's interesting to note that the way this all played out resulted in record sales going through the roof on both of them. The question is, who got all that money? Well... And I also think it's interesting that every detective who got even close to the case had to give an interview to people. At the time of Biggie's shooting, Knight was behind bars for violating the terms of probation after assaulting two rappers at a Hollywood recording studio in 1992. According to uh, Cadling, uh, he hired a gang member, Wardell Pucci Faust, to uh, had a long history of doing these things, not only for the gang, but for Sue specifically. And it was alleged that Knight, who's currently serving a 28-year sentence for the 2015 death of another music industry rival and a 
hit and run is never publicly addressed, former Detective Cadling's uh, allegations. And his attorney, Alfred uh, DeBlanc, responded with no comment when asked by people if Knight had uh, ordered Biggie's killing. Uh, but Cadling, who first detailed his theory in a 2011 murder rap, then told a story of Biggie Smalls and Tupac Shakur's murder investigation, writes that LAPD task force detectives were able to connect uh, Faust with Biggie's murder through a key witness. The murder of one of Knight's children was identified by officials as Teresa Swan to protect her anonymity. Swan reportedly admitted to investigators that she acted as a go-between for the incarcerated Knight and Faust. Faust himself was shot and killed in Compton in 2003. At the same time, the LAPD task force found uh, no direct connection between Big and the murder of Tupac, despite unfounded rumors that Biggie was in Las Vegas that night and provided the guns used in the shooting. According to Cadling, uh, Biggie was killed on false information. Another theory put forward by former LAPD detective uh, Russell Poole, who worked on the Biggie murder, alleged that Suge Knight enlisted a pair of corrupt cops to hire the gunman who shot the rapper. Poole's theory provides the basis for a wrongful death suit filed in 2002 by Biggie's mother, Violetta Wallace, and his widow, R&B vocalist Faith Evans, against the LAPD. Yeah, accused the uh, accused the law enforcement agency of covering up police involvement in the killing. Now, Knight wasn't named as a defendant in that particular suit, but after eight years of legal jousting, a federal judge dismissed the family suit, and with it, Poole's theory. Indeed, there's been little solace for Biggie's mother, who said she grew closer to her son after his death by listening to the lyrics of his music and his two children, who are now adults. Wallace, though, remains optimistic her son and his family have finally found justice. She told Entertainment Weekly during the promotion of a 2021 Netflix uh, documentary, Biggie, I Got a Story to Tell, as long as I have life, there's hope. I'll never give up, and I hope when I'm not in the world anymore, my friends and my family will carry on this fight. There's always hope. Well, it was September 7th, 1996, when Tupac attended a Mike Tyson boxing match, as I said, at the NGM Grand. Got in the car with Suge Knight, the CEO of Death Records, Death Row Records. At a stoplight, a white Cadillac pulled up next to their car and fired multiple rounds in the nice vehicle. Although an entourage of about 10 automobiles was following Knight and Shakur's vehicle, witness accounts of the event varied when a Las Vegas police officer frantically asked Shakur himself who pulled the trigger. The gravely wounded rapper looked up at him and said, F you. Unsolved murder case that generated many conflicting theories about who killed Tupac. Death was orchestrated by rival rap star the notorious B.I.G. as part of the East Coast-West Coast feud, or the shooting was ordered by Knight to stop his biggest star from forming his own record company, or he was the accidental victim of a hit on Knight himself who was wounded but not seriously in the shooting that night. Several people claimed that a Crips gang member, Orlando Anderson, with whom Shakur had a violent altercation at the MGM Grand that evening, pulled the trigger, but Anderson was never charged and died in the shooting less than two years later. At the end of the day, so many of these murders, there's so many potential suspects, you don't really know where to start. We'll be talking about more inside murders tomorrow. Until then, this is Ken Hudnall for the Ken Hudnall Show, saying have a truly great evening.